think what you're trying to ask is, uh, why am I so insistent upon giving out to them that blackness, that black power, that black pushing them to identify with uh, 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 black culture? I think that's what you're asking. It's, it's, I have no choice over it. In the first place, to me, we are the most beautiful creatures in the whole world, black people. I mean, and I mean that in every, every sense, uh, outside and inside. And to me, we have a culture that uh, is surpassed by, 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 by no other civilization. We don't know anything about it. So again, I think I've said this before in the same interview, I think uh, at some time before, my, my job is to somehow make them curious enough or persuade them by hook or crook to get more aware of themselves and where they came from and what they are into and what is already there and just to bring it out. This is what compels me to compel them. Music, art, and black culture. Curated specifically for the black diaspora. You are listening to Blacks with Blues. Y'all niggas got me hot. This 
snow will continue to produce cooler than normal temperatures in the eastern prairies, while southern Ontario and southern Quebec will have to deal with a very hot, sticky and humid day. Here's a look at current conditions. We have two systems moving across into the Atlantic region. As a result, we've got overcast skies and showers Alright, welcome. Welcome, my friends and my family. You are listening to Blacks with Blues, and I am your host, Justin Jones, recording to you from been waiting such a long time to say this recording to you from detroit michigan yeah that's right i am back home giving you this episode from the one and only 313 i'm so excited to be back so sit back relax and remember in this episode you're gonna have to learn to crawl before you walk Cause it's beauty in the struggle, nigga. Beauty, beauty. 
for all y'all niggas. It's beauty in the struggle, nigga. Struggle, ugliness, and the success Hear my words and listen to my signal of distress I grew up in the city and know sometimes we had less Compared to some of my niggas down the block, man, we were blessed And life can't be no fairy tale, no once upon a time But I be goddamn if a nigga don't be trying So tell me, mama, please, why you be drinking all the time? Does all the pain he brought you still linger in your mind? Cause pain still lingers on mine on the road to riches, listen, this is what you find The good news is, nigga, you came a long way The bad news is, nigga, you went the wrong way Think being no broke is better a life that's better than yours No such thing as a life that's better than yours Think being no broke is better life that's better than yours No such thing, no such thing For what's money without happiness Or hard times without the people you love Though I'm not sure what's about to happen next I ask for strength from the Lord up above Cause I've been strong so far But I can feel my grip loosening it Quick, do something before you lose it for good Get it back and use it for good And touch the people with how you did like before I'm tired of living with demons Cause they always inviting more Think being broke is better Now I don't mean that phrase with no disrespect To all my niggas out there living in debt Cash and minimal checks Turn on the TV, see a nigga Rolex And fantasize about a life with no stress I mean this shit sincerely and as a nigga who was once in your shoes Living with nothing to lose I hope one day you hear me Always gonna be a bigger house somewhere But nigga feel me Long as the people in that motherfucker love you dearly Always gonna be a whip that's better than the one you got Always gonna be some clothes that's fresher than the ones you rock Always gonna be a bitch that's better out there on the tours But you ain't ever gonna be happy till you love yours no such thing as a life that's better than yours Love yours no such thing as a life that's better than yours Love yours no such thing as a life that's better than yours Love, no such thing, no such thing Heart beating fast, let a nigga know that he alive Fake niggas, mad snakes, snakes in the grass Let a nigga know that he arrived This is our story, this is our fate, this is our kingdom, this is our place, this is our freedom. Cut off them chains, this is our struggle, this is our pain, this is our love, this is our trust, this is our daughters, this is our sons, give me back my wings. Oh, give me back my wings, see I just wanna fly again. Wanna try and you fail, try to try again. Head up in the stars, I promise I'm higher than the right person for the job you hired to fire them. Are we working for the same thing? Same towards thing. the same goal? Same Are we losing the passion of which we came for? Are we strong but identifying the same flaws? Same Fighting flaws. each other but battling for the same cause? Let me breathe. Ain't got the time to be your enemy. That shit is draining and taking up too much energy. I'd rather invest in something that's worth it. The time is precious. If it seems to waste it, it's something that you'll never see. Hold me to it. Everything is just a memory. It's getting more distending, never more distending. I remember I am not fucking about getting more vicious than ever. Where we find as long as I got my head up Breathe 
ain't prayed in a minute Before you judge me, hold that thought and let me finish For a long time I thought that praying was just asking for things Like the road to riches and diamond rings But now I know that I just gotta be thankful Blessings every day, shit, I've got my hands full Lessons every day, I'm learning from all angles Mum, stop stressing over shit that I'ma handle No, you know, you see me got you, I ain't even got to say it The album's here, I hope you love it, hope you play it I know you knew this day will come, I know you prayed it Can't wait to look at you and tell you that I made it See, it's amazing Good things come to the people that wait and I waited Tell me, do you believe the quote above I stated? Nobody handed me a dream, I had to chase it I had to be business-minded and put aside my feelings I had to find my own truth, my own meanings Wrote this in the same page and that started in. Had to dream big, had to look beyond my ceiling Do you feel it? Feel it. Hand on my heart, if only you could feel the way it's beating I mean it, I mean it This is the type of music that ain't ever gonna sell Well, should've never ever told me that Should've never ever told me that What if I prove you wrong, tell me now, could you live with that? I know you wouldn't wanna live with that I ain't saying this will go to number one, no, I ain't saying that I know you know that I ain't saying that I just wanna do this all for my people, fuck the rest Get me wrong, every time, nothing more, nothing less And it goes that I'm on to something big, all thanks to the most high But I'm a more relentless and less defensive, it's in my mechanism Don't give a fuck about co-size, never scared of giving them something that's too real They don't have to play this, I know that you will, and you will huh. No, you can't ignore it, no. many of us want this life, but just ain't caught for it Yeah, yeah, so don't you ever, don't you ever Forget who told you this, no, don't you ever, don't you ever See, this is for your kids, yeah, don't you ever, don't you ever Overlook this here Message. This is our faith, this is our voice, this is our names, this is our new, no we want change This is our sun, this is our rain, this is our win, this is our fail, this is our hands, how can we help? This is our heaven, this is our hell, this is our story, this is our tale, our tale family technically the second episode of 2017 gotta crawl before you walk so as you guys can probably tell i feel really good today and it's partly because of the music selection but also just because life is good right now and it's for a lot of different reasons you know I got momentum going in my life I'm finally back home the podcast is just popping and it's not even like about because you guys know for me it's not really about how many people listen to this it's about the lives and people you can touch and in the last couple of weeks we've just been getting really interactive outside of the podcast you know just talking to people about black content just a couple days ago actually I uh I had like four job interviews this week because I just moved back home so now I'm looking for work and uh, I had four job interviews and I decided to um, ask you know my followers friends family things like that what do you do and I'll pose this question to you guys too what do you do as a black person right who has flamboyant hair or just you know big thick hair hair that is noticeable to other people who aren't necessarily black or of color what do you do when you go to a job interview and nine times out of ten you know the person interviewing you is going to be white and they're going to see your hair 
and you know the the i don't want to say the industry standard but <laughs> the cultural standard i should say is to cover your hair you know make sure the interviewer doesn't see it put it back in a bun i don't want to say hide it but make it as non-confrontational as possible you know what i mean and i have pretty you know big thick hair uh and i wear it you know naturally on top of my head i don't straighten or anything else like that so it's pretty much there and dense matter and so you know in my young professional life i was very self-conscious about just going to interviews and you know as a black person you have to perceive how another person is going to perceive you before you even show up it's just something that you have to do because being privy to judgment is having the upper hand in the situation so i asked a lot of you guys you know what do you think what i should do and you know a lot of people they came back to me and told me you know follow your heart do what makes you comfortable some people say you know i think you should put it up because it's very interesting seeing the difference in uh responses because a lot some people not a lot i don't want to call any names out but everybody's opinion is valid i should say that from the get-go but uh a couple people say you know to play the game you have to put it back and I understand that when you are in a certain type of corporate world and you're trying to play the game and move up the corporate ladder and abide to, you know, certain things that are behaviors that are expected of you, you know, you have to you have to play the game and you got to play it right. And I understand that. But uh, I told somebody else about that phrase, having to play the game, having to work up the ladder and abide by certain rules that are set you know, for everybody, and sometimes just set for you because you're black. And uh, <laughs> they were like, that's bullshit. That's just straight up no. And I guess it's because they saw it as assimilation. I kind of agree, but I, I see the value in both of these outlooks. Putting your hair back and also just saying that's, that's crap, you should never have to do that. I understand, you know, when somebody told me you have to put it up because that's just what we have to do but i also understand the fact that why should you have to pacify or create this erasure of yourself to exist in a space where you should just be able to walk in comfortably keep in mind in all of my interviews this week i wore a suit but i also wore my natural hair down and my biggest fear was the fact that people would see me as unprofessional or just not fit to work the job that I was going in for and keep in mind all of these jobs were like customer service based uh you know market positions banquet positions uh hosting positions things like that where I would be the face of the company constantly greeting people and you know things like that so it was it was kind of stressful for me because all throughout my young professional life I've taught myself to just pacify you know my black edges one of my very first interviews probably one of the most traumatic experiences for me ever i sat down at the interview and the manager the very first thing she said to me before we even got into anything do you really think that was a smart and conscious choice to cut your hair the way you have and grow your hair out like that in this you know business that you're trying to go into Keep in mind, it was a, a server position at a ram's horn. I wasn't doing nothing but dropping plates of biscuits in front of people. And she says to me, do you really think that was a smart business choice to cut your hair on the sides and allow it to grow on top? Do you really think that was smart? And I was maybe 15, 16, 17 at the time. And, you know, I was super impressionable, still am. But 
the difference between now and then I don't let anybody ever ever allow me to question who I am and question how I should present myself that's about me being comfortable that's about me being the black person that I am and <laughs> I had a conversation with my sister recently and she said you know what separates you from a lot of people who would tie their hair back and cover it is because you're proud of who you are and not a lot of people in those type of corporations and businesses like to see excuse my language but they don't want to see a proud nigga they don't and she said they look at you and they that's what they see oh this gonna be a problem no he's proud and when I guess you're seen as that black individual who's proud of themselves and I don't want to use the word conscious because that just has annoying connotations to it but when you are as they say woke I stay woke um, others see you as a threat and I believe that to be true you know not trying to like pour into conspiracy theories or things like that but you're perceived a certain way and it's you know screwed up it shouldn't be that way but it, it just is it's the world we live in and I've been coming to terms with that slowly which is why I'm calling this episode crawl before you walk because over the past couple of weeks which is the reason why I'm making this uh podcast today is because I've I've been learning how vital it is to really learn to crawl before you walk and that that's in all areas you know in your social life romantic life interpersonal relations business relations all those type of things it's so important to remember that you have to be low now so you can be high later that's you know something i live by and my grandmother has been telling that telling me that non-stop for the past three weeks since i moved back to detroit keep saying always justin you gotta crawl before you walk you gotta crawl before you walk and one day it just hit me and it resonated with me because trust me <laughs> you know moving back is great i love that i'm home but uh it was a pretty large chunk <laughs> out of my savings to move back and now i'm back i'm looking for work you know i'm trying to go back to school i'm trying to you know be effervescent about my social life and just existing as a black artist in detroit this time around make connections and things like that and so i think the best example i can give you right now is the fact that i started this podcast in my car like i recorded the very first episode in and out of my car looking for a quiet place you know and so you have to start from somewhere and so it can be very stressful very very stressful and if you live in like the part of detroit uh that hit uh had a power outage for about six days a couple weeks ago or about a week ago for me right now it was very stressful so i had the flu and i was trying to find a job and i was still battling all these things that i that have not been left in vegas keep in mind because a lot of things affected me negatively as as they did positively in vegas but I'm still dealing with a lot of those things as i carry over into this new era in detroit and it was just such a stressful time six days no heat no power in between families houses you know looking for heat food and all that crap and uh <clears throat> meanwhile you know still just trying to figure out like who who are you who do you even think you are and what's your purpose this go around you know because now that i'm back i just see things in a different light i know how to appreciate the things that are here now opposed to like how i treated them back when you know i was here initially in detroit you know moving away for a while it was a very it was a good chance to just 
allow my eyes to open to a lot of things, you know? And so now that I'm back, I, I wouldn't say I see things clearly because no one's perfect and no one has clairvoyance in the all-seeing eyes of, you know, a creator. But I can say I see things in a better light, in a different light, I should say. And it feels good. But um, yeah, so today's episode, you know, I, I just want to connect with you guys. I probably, ha- yeah, I haven't done an episode this personal And I just want to talk to you guys about some important things, play some music that I've been listening to lately that's been getting me through, you know, just moving in this time um, and talk to you about my artistry specifically, specifically, specifically. It's a hard word to say when you are recording a podcast. Anyway, so (laughs) I really just want to let you guys know the importance of crawling before you walk and understanding the fact that you're not gonna have everything right off the back, you know? And when you're a black individual who just desires so much out of life, it's hard to remember that, that you won't have everything right away as soon as you want it. And I'm coming to terms with that, which is why the name of this episode is Crawl Before You Walk, because you got to start from somewhere. So let's get into uh, a track or two, and then we'll be right back with some conversation. So until then, this is what it sounds like to be black with the blue I learned a lot in such a short amount of time. Everything that's fucking fine, I go to Dane Mine. Met you when I was like maybe 15 years old. You just act a little older. Plus, I heard you came from Arizona. And that was due, so I was popping up at house parties, riding fucking dirty with the older niggas riding for me. And they just taught me how the game worked. I said, fuck it, I'ma put the rock and buy you a lot of dumb shit. But fuck it was my initial thought when I had met you. I was sitting in the bleachers when your girls approached me and they threw away your number like it wasn't taking a something. I told them, baby, I'm nothing. Say why you wanna choose me. They could go and walked away. I prayed to God, it felt so right. I never knew the devil fucking looked this night. So if you ever try to blame it on me, no, I blame it on my dick. No, I'm sick. Yeah, I run through you. Yeah. Is what I learned and then I went away from everything I started searching for one well More bitches, more money, more drugs Found my niggas started rapping with West Star Jugging pink rapping, they chose I blew my crew Got big split wigs, still rap, more rap We battle, we fight, we one big one No pun, all skill, no bitch in my click Young nigga, no whip, my niggas legit And I pray for my clan and my squad while I run through your You bitch don't trip, I'ma have to push you with your lips And the whips, better have a whole lot of chips Cause I ain't gonna be the giving tips Don't take a minute, you bitch don't trip I'ma have to push you with your lips And the whips, better have a whole lot of chips 
closest friends, an amazing artist, and a Detroit native. You are listening to Mr. Christopher Lamar, aka Chris L with a K. You can find all of his projects on SoundCloud under Escapism Music. Please support the fam and enjoy his vibes. I be in a hoopie, that shit kinda kooky But they do what they do cause they take me to pussy Like daddy come scoop me My impala name Nella, they whip I be pushy But really can't pushy Got a nigga vehicle, engine on hush I misunderstood bitch, but shot is still hip to me Cause I got it, girl you know I got it Millennium Chevy with wood, brain leather seats Girl you know what's inside it I got me some trees, you bring me some G's You know we have boxing Baby got an ox in that bitch kinda bouncing You know that it's sounding, you know that it's sounding Not all that great, I mean it's okay But she needs to stay that's why you my bae Bae's got a little bounce just like your cake If you get to my tank then we trip to the lake If you six overheat then you know he must break Wait, just hop in the whip and I may Escape, Detroit to VA for the fake I'ma go further though, I'ma go further though I'ma go harder though, I'ma go harder though I'ma tell my baby pull up on the curb One hand on the wheel and one hand up your skirt Take on my stick shit while I drive going skirt Cause in my lane and you know I'm a swerve Now that my baby my imperfect girl Try to take me anywhere up on his earth Do meditation, stack up as I work Started from nothing, came up from the dark Got a tune you never seen shit Nigga grinding for the cash Show me, I was all about the cream shit Still rolling around the east side With four wheels in a dream Average on the team some weed Little bit of cheese for the fiends And I want my team EMG When it's time for the breeze Got the whip cruise for the east And I gassed up with the weed Fast lane in my dreams Wanna come up with the speed I'll be on the trip to succeed These niggas, they never gon' get it They never gon' get it The work keep on spinning Tires keep on spinning You know that I'm winning What? Little bad danger Half to the wheel Half to the wheel Talk with my car She's top of the shit Top of the shit Little bad danger I talk about my car, but she's top of the shit. Top of the shit. Little bad daddy, I hop in the wheel. Yeah, hop in the wheel. I talk about my car, but she's top of the shit. Yeah, top of the shit. Little bad daddy, I hop in the wheel. I talk about my car, but she's top of the shit. Hey, top of the shit. Hey, little bad daddy. Oh, 
Make a sound just similar to turning page Place I found you at a little far away But I'm not sure that even matters if we live in present day Taking care of all my matters in an open manner Space is needed I can't stand her at times Sequence that we live in resemble a pandemonium Whenever I be speaking it's filtering every time I'm not tongue in cheek and I hope that she heed the sign And I meet her every weekend in hopes that I'm gonna find her Peace I have in me and the feeling is super fine How could we even begin if we be looking behind See vegan and I'm a cannibal, differences combined Fuck do we need a watch for if we don't believe in time And this shit is old as a fossil, I'm sick of waiting in line She says but it's not really like that, just see it from my perspective But she say that my perspective is shit And she like, forget it, I need a man one and only And you just a boy, a headache I need you to understand And it seems that you just don't get it Like being a fucking prick is the thing that you had embedded I'm sorry, baby, person I am was not my intention At least not for you, you deserve that special attention Don't worry, I won't be up in your mentions I'm hooked in a silly way Feeling Welcome back from that quick little music mix. You gotta love Golden. You gotta love Chris L. One thing I have to reference right off the back is how thankful I am for Chris, for musicians like himself. Because a large part of why I do this podcast is because the emotions that music propagates give back to the listener and you can ask Chris if you know him I begged him to play that song begged him I was like please 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 it's so vital to the mix but the amazing thing is the ability that black creatives have to simply create from their personal experiences that's why I really love every song that I'm playing today is because these are, if they're not, you know, people of color, they're still, you know, artists expressing their personal lives. And the reason why I just had to play Chris's uh, Hoopty track was because that was that was the Hoopty that, you know, we ran missions in. That was the Hoopty that, you know, I first experimented with drugs and like it, that is a staple of my history. But for him, even more so, because you know, that was his first car, that Hoopty, Nala, the Impala. I don't remember what year it was, Chris, but it just speaks to being humble. You got to be humble. You got to start from somewhere, even if it's a Hoopty. And so Hoopty just reminds me of that. And like I said, Chris, brother, thank you so much for allowing me to use that track. And the important part of that is I, I want to promote my friends and, and these amazing Detroit artists. So I've said this before. If you're a Detroit artist and you got something to play, if you're just a black artist, period, send it. Hit me up. Let me know. I'm willing to promote. <laughs> so one thing I really want to talk about first off is um, last night, actually, I went to an art exhibit uh, on the east side of Detroit, closer towards Gross Point. Um, Initially, I guess I should start here. I back when I moved to Vegas, I followed like this series of just like Metro Detroiter artists, and uh, why not shout them out? Cause they're really dope, and they're some of like the most influential people in my life artistically. These people inspire me so heavily. They make me feel good to be myself. 
like they reverberate back to me be yourself don't ever question who you are from the get-go just believe you know and and that's really important because as black people especially as black artists we don't have that we don't have those those figures not not normally not really you know and so um excuse me so about seven months ago because that's how long it was ago when i moved i followed a series of people and so why not shout them out um on instagram because uh i just enjoyed how visually artistic they were even though they're not all visual artists they're just just dope people from detroit but uh I'm gonna just at a couple of people because I don't know who's comfortable with being promoted, but one woman who inspires the floor and ceiling of my world is uh, Motor City Mystic on Instagram. And I met this woman uh, at the art exhibit, but followed her by just following mutual people. Miss uh, Sabrina Nelson, who's a visual artist in Detroit. Jessica Caremore, who's a poet, uh, just amazing human, inspires so much of what I do. And the reason why I went to this art exhibit and met all these amazing artists that I look up to and idolize in a sense is because of her. She uh, is one of the head contributors or maybe even the creator, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, of black girls or no black women rock, I should say. And uh, they're having a concert this weekend, I believe, March 19th, maybe, maybe March 19th. And the event was March 16th. And uh, I decided to go because I saw a post on Instagram and I was like, let's go to an art exhibit. So I went and I just, it was the first time I was allowed into a room of just such black excellence and black artistic excellence and just, just open people, nice people, good people, artistic people, smart, intelligent, just open, warm people. And so when you're in that type of environment and you're rarely in the environment at all, it's just a large eye opening, like hip cracking, bone awakening. I don't know. And I just felt really good to be there. So I met a lot of cool artists that I have been following for like the better part of seven months that have inspired me to actively pursue Blacks with Blues to record these podcast episodes to give you guys black content to express myself and just be free in that action and so before i go into exactly what i want to go into i should note that if you follow us on instagram the blacks with blues account you could pretty much just scroll through the people we follow and that those are the artists that i enjoy um in case i don't get to add everybody but one conversation i want to spotlight that i had that night while at the art exhibit is with a woman um, that I met who I actually saw one of her posts seven months ago and then when I saw her work on the walls it was weird because it felt so familiar and then I spoke to her and I found out that I've liked her work before her name is uh, Leah Danielle you can find her on Instagram underscore e-l-l-e dot z this woman we had an amazing conversation right in front of her work that almost brought me to tears, but I had to stop myself. I was just getting way too passionate. So if you're listening, Leah, thank you so much for inspiring me and inspiring this. But one thing I have to note is our conversation and what I gathered her reason behind doing those specific pieces she had. Um, she had this profile of a black girl and um, 
I won't go too deep into how she created it, but she uh, they were just like small things for Inktober, if you're familiar with it as an artist, and she scanned them into larger images and then went over them again in ink, so they looked like huge, beautiful prints. And so I don't want to speak for her or speak about her work as if, you know, I'm putting a definition on it, but what I gathered from our amazing conversation was she looks back on her adolescent girlhood with the eyes and intellect that she's acquired over the years and she is someone who identifies as an individual who grew up in a predominantly white area so she went through the conflict of finding your identity as a black person in a predominantly white space and while doing that learning about her own natural hair because just like me when I decided to go natural my mom said, no, I'm not helping you with that. I'm not braiding your hair. That's too much that you on your own. And so she told me that with the eyes that she has today, she looks back on her girlhood and tries to recreate the when At least when I look at the images, I see the heredity of just like black hair struggle, you know, women growing and being taught to not love their hair or even tolerate it. You know, um, she has a couple pieces that make me feel like that. And it was just an amazing conversation because I was looking into her eyes and she kept telling me about why she does this as an artist. And right now she's telling these hair narratives of black girlhood. And it just it means so much to me because it was such a truthful depiction of what it's like. And so if you're listening, Leah, like I said, if any artist who, who does things like that truthfully from their soul because they have to to be able to survive, thank you. I want to thank you, you know, for being so truthful and being yourself because that, that matters and it's so important. And so while I was at the art exhibit, when I'm in spaces like those, I look around and I see just black people enjoying themselves and being free. And I say, this is what Blacks of Blues is. I always say that to myself. And then I like find, you know, somebody who knows what Blacks of Blues is. And I say, this is what we're going to look like in a year, two years, whatever, you know, however long it takes us to grow to having meetups and celebrations and art exhibitions and things like that. Because keep in mind, we're not just a podcast. We're a collective, we're a safe space for black people, uh, specifically, you know, black Metro Detroiters. You know, we don't have a clubhouse camped out on what with a sign in front of it. But what's important to me is the fact that if you can find a collective of people where you feel like you can just commune with, you don't always have to agree or get along, but just a safe space for you to exist as a black human. I feel like that's so important and vital to just all types of black people, not just Metro Detroiters. But right now, I feel like I have to focus so deeply on black artistic Metro Detroiters is because we're kind of a dying breed. You go into the city, especially Midtown now with all this new Detroit crap. And you just you see, I don't want to say outsiders because one thing I do like about Detroit is how open it is to different people and cultures, but you see a lot of people coming from New York, Chicago, wherever, LA, Florida, Miami, whatever. And although they're welcome, you know, they're coming into our city and they're making a name for themselves and they're changing things actively here. And it's kind of like, well, damn, 
you know, I was born on Linwood and Dexter. I'm a Detroit native, born here. I feel like I should be able to walk down Woodward and see more people who are from here and who are actively, you know, changing the streets and serve active parts in the community. And there's, like I said, there's nothing, nothing, nothing at all wrong with, you know, artists from different states, countries or whatever coming to Detroit to make a home because the beautiful part about Detroit is you can do that. You're allowed to do that here. It's a great place to do that. It's this beautiful artistic mecca of culture, just culture period. It doesn't even have to be artistic. There's just so much culture and life here. And uh, sometimes I just get scared to see that dissipate in the eye of gentrification. In the end, I really just think to myself how badly I want blackness and black people, people of color, to just be able to exist in these areas where money is being poured so quickly. You know, you see the M1 rail, you see the stadium being built off of Woodward, you see all these things that go along with the active gentrification of the city, but I just want us to still be able to exist. And what hurts me the most is just a couple of days ago, I asked my grandfather, has he been downtown to see the M1 rail and everything? And he looked at me, he's like, no, that's not for me anymore. I don't have a reason to go down there and that made me think and I grew up here in like the early 2000s you know late 90s into now and there are people here who you know have been here since the 70s you know my mom was born here in like 71 I believe and so you know people like her I love to observe when they're in these type of spaces and they're faced with gentrification like this is a different Detroit that you're seeing obviously you know the Detroit that I saw when I was five years old holding my dad's hand walking away from a Tigers game looking at all the white people you know getting into their BMWs leaving Tiger Stadium to go down Southfield Freeway and go back into the suburbs it's funny because now the only difference is these same white people you know are leaving the Tigers game leaving the Red Wings game leaving the uh, Lions game and they're getting into their BMWs but now they're just going to the loft down the street on Woodward or you know Gratiot or whatever Corktown and it's just an interesting development to me. And if you know, you're know you a Detroiter, a long-term Detroiter, I should say, you know how many times people have said Detroit is coming back. It, there's a resurgence coming to the city. And I don't want to discredit that because Detroit is a beautiful city known for comebacks. I mean, people have been dropped off here <laughs> in fields. And then next week, you know, they have their own like diner, eatery, Coney Island, whatever. There's a triumphance in the city that is very valid, but I don't want to focus on our struggle. What I do want to focus on is us actually getting there. Like I said, if you're a Metro Detroiter, you know how how many times someone on the news or whatever has said, yeah, the city's coming back. In the words of Issa Rae, you've been trying to get your shit together for about like four years, okay? So it's just, it's kind of like we've been trying to get ourselves together and get to a place where we can live in a resurgence since I was a little boy and I was born in 1997. So that, I mean, that was 19 years ago. Even before that, been working on a resurgence. So <clears throat> I don't wanna really call this a resurgence because this is gentrification. How can you confuse gentrification with a resurgence? Is that what y'all were talking about when you mentioned a comeback? Like, no, this is just hipsters existing for $1,200 a month and I really do try to keep an eye on people like Jessica Caramore, Sabrina Nelson, Motor City Mystic because they act as living relics for our beautiful city. And I wonder to myself, you know, how do you exist in the midst of hipsterism while still trying to maintain culture?
I don't know. I don't have my answer yet. I kind of see these people. They they exist in the spaces where it is safe, where it is. I don't want to say trendy, but where it is really cool and dope to exist as a black artist. Because <laughs> let me tell you, the art exhibit that I went to the other day, it was just, like I said, it was my first time ever going to something to that caliber. And it was just really great. And on my way there, you know, we're driving through, uh, like, the lower east side of Detroit. And I'm like, where the hell am I? I'm like, this isn't my hood. So <laughs> I don't want to be turning down no random corners and I don't know where I am. And so we make it to a place finally where, you know, we see the art exhibit and just like, all right, cool. And, you know, an art exhibit like that for Black Women's Rock, you know, Jessica Caremore being uh, from, you know, the east side. I, I It made sense that it was there, but I like expected it to be like an Easter market or like Corktown. But someone said to me while I was there, it's important to remember how boundless and big Detroit is. Detroit isn't just confined to the to Midtown and Downtown. I live like currently if you're familiar with like the city um like around Dearborn where Fairlane Mall is and you know like the big uh mosque of worship in Dearborn I live like in that area right behind the mosque actually and so that shows how expansive and deep and wide and just large Detroit is it's not just Midtown it's not Corktown it's not New Detroit it's not old Detroit it's just Detroit like you can put all these names on it you know what I mean and try to configure it to be something else but in the end the city is going to be what the city wants no amount of money or people or influx of whiteness or whateverness blackness whatever whatever you identify as no influx of whatever kind of people is going to change this city so that just makes me think because all in all, I really just want to be able to create the conversation for all of this in Detroit, you know, a safe space where it can actively exist. Because the funny thing is the conversation already exists. The conversation exists in different cities because gentrification and these things that we deal with as black people actively exist. But where's that one place or those several places that are consistent that you can go to and talk about these things as black people? Where is it? As long as black people continue to exist, the conversation will prevail and continue to exist and I don't want to make it seem like these things don't already exist in Detroit because that's why I love the city that I'm from so much is because things like this exist there it's just that they're not cultivated just like us as black people we're taught not to cultivate ourselves and so the programs and, and community uh, that we have in the city if that's not cultivated well, where's Where's the hype? Where's the numbers? Where's the solidarity? Where's the support? That's the word I'm looking for. So like I said, I don't want to make it seem like these things aren't happening because there's so many great things that people of color are doing within the city to uplift the community and just reach out and spread light. That's important. But it's just all about the cultivation and having the voice that can rise above the white noise, no pun intended. <laughs> I just I don't know I really think that's important because back when I was in Vegas you know I would wake up some mornings not being able to find a reason for my livelihood to go on actively looking for a way to end my own life at the you know at my own hands and I couldn't actively be myself 
the people who I was surrounded by just I don't know for some reason by the their actions and the way they spoke to me made me feel like myself was the last possible thing I could be in this area to survive comfortably so I had to put on a different skin I had to put on a different life for them and that wasn't my life in the end it was a very toxic experience I just remember <laughs> just thinking to myself who am I who are you really because I, I had lost that I was wearing my mask for way too long way too long one thing I really do want to talk to you guys about is uh, personally my my growth from Las Vegas to here now and I haven't really had the chance to speak personally a lot at all in any of our podcasts because I was just in a different place then and I felt like, you know, it just wasn't the time. But now I'm in a place where I feel like, you know, I really just want to open up and make this platform as freeing as possible because this is very cathartic for me to be able to sit down at this mic, you know, in this makeshift Black So Blue studio. <laughs> it's literally just a room my bedroom actually anyways uh i have a desk so it's kind of glorified but uh it's very cathartic for me to just sit here and, and talk to whoever's listening so if you're listening thanks but uh <coughs> as you all know by now i i moved to las vegas nevada seven months ago probably not gonna say that much anymore because it's kind of annoying <laughs> not that i say it a lot but i moved away seven months ago with uh, my mom to help her out uh in vegas just to move with her Plus, it's always dope to stay with your parents so you don't have to pay rent for an additional couple of uh, an, an additional couple of months, I should say. And so uh, I moved. And if you don't know, Las Vegas, it can be very consumerist driven, but you don't really internalize the fact that people live there. And there are outer skirts and suburbs and deserts where people live. And so I moved there. And sometimes I just remember realizing the fact that I am the only black person like myself for miles i only met like three black people while i was there for seven months and you know due to circumstances we could we couldn't hang out we couldn't talk and the fact that they were artists too is what hurt me a lot because i'm like wow i'm like we are some of the very few of our kind in this hyper white predominantly white suburban space I worked at a Starbucks in a super affluent, you know, like community mansions down the street and stuff like that. And it was just so polarizing being like the only black coworker. You know, you know, I, I'm lying. I, it was one other black coworker. But when you're in a space that long, you know, you learn whether or not it's safe for you to be who you are and to open up to other people. You don't look at every black person and find a connection. You know, it's misconception if you're listening and you think all black people know each other and get along it's not true we're not all cut from the same cloth <laughs> we might share pigment but we're not all brothers <laughs> so uh yeah but you know like i said it was just very a, a very dark and polarizing time and being there made me realize and appreciate the culture here in detroit and how you know, there is an influx of black people in the city, but there's also, there's just also just not that polarizing feel of whiteness. And, and like, there's nothing wrong with being in a predominantly white community, but when you're the only black person, 
you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> you know, it's especially if you've grown up, grown up, gone to like private Catholic schools like I did and or like, you know, just charter school, things like that that were predominantly white, whatever. You know that it's it's hard and it's you face identity crises. And, you know, I, I went through I'm just now internalizing this. I had to go through an identity crisis while I was there. I lost who I was as an artist, especially as a black artist. It just became art for the hell of it. It wasn't even black expression anymore, which is an, is important to me. It, it was just very blah. So, you know, like I said, being the only black person for about seven months that I encountered every day outside of, you know, like my mom, <laughs> it hurt me, you know, and I would see like all these amazing things going on back in the city and it was kind of just like I'm here and everything I want is there but I somebody said to me last night all that matters is that you're here now and the way she said it it was so deep <laughs> and it resonated so hard with me I'm like yes I am here now I am and one thing I want to let you guys know is always take into consideration what's happening to you right now. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. Consider the past. Consider the future because they are, you know, friends and cousins alike. But always cherish now because now is what matters. Now is where you're living. Your heartbeat exists at this exact moment. So this is the only moment you need to cultivate and worry about outside of this heartbeat that's pumping at this moment not much matters you got to cultivate cultivate your life as it exists at this moment so um yeah so <clears throat> my artistry you know just as a black artist it has made a large <sighs> evolution has gone through a large evolution back when i was there <laughs> my art style was based around drawing and creating and telling the stories of black humans that i just wanted to know you know, I moved there and I have my, you know, like tight-knit group of friends. I'm I'm a charismatic person, I like to think. And so people have told me not to toot my own horn. But I didn't come to Vegas with like a harem of black people that I left here. It's just my small tight-knit group of friends, my family, and that's it. And so when I was there, it wasn't like I had a lot of outreach into my life and things like that, which I didn't expect. And if any of my friends are listening, I don't blame any of y'all for not trying to coddle me while I was there because that's not, you know, that's no one's uh, job to do. But uh, it was still just a polarizing time and I felt really disconnected from, you know, all my people back here. And so I went into just drawing and, like I said, creating these black people that I just wanted to know. I wanted to know more black people. I wanted to know their stories. I wanted to talk to them about their stories. I wanted to unify and create with them, know them, really know them, you know, not just in passing. I wanted to feel like I was a part of something. And that's what Blacks with Blues is for me, to exist while other people similar to me, not so similar to me, exist, you know, specifically Black people. You know, eventually I want to open it up to just all people of color, but it's kind of just like the Black Lives Matter campaign right now. We're doing this because Black Lives Matter right now you know it's not to say that all lives don't matter and if yeah, i hate that i even have to explain this through this platform but if you're listening and you don't understand why black lives matter is called what it's called let me put it to you like this 
at the moment in our society, in our world, look across all cultures, communities, whatever. Black people are set at a certain disadvantage when it comes to other people, people of a lighter pigment, people of a fairer race, Caucasian people, you know, people with just that aren't black, who have brown, beige skin, who don't live the identity that I live, that my friends live, that my family live, that any black person out there in the world lives. We are set to a different advantage and you have a privilege that we don't. Anytime I can start a podcast episode off by telling you how I was a little petrified to wear my own natural hair to a job interview, that should tell you that we live in a little bit of a power struggle or a difference where certain people can do things that others can't. Where I have to worry about if I go to this job interview, is somebody going to say some dumb shit to me like, oh, you're so articulate for your genetic makeup the hell is that supposed to mean one thing i can pride myself on is the fact that the 12 years that i've gathered up under the detroit slash southfield public schools educational system is that they taught me how to articulate myself pretty damn well so just don't say no ignorant shit or you will catch the quickest clap back of your life So anyways, back to the main point, black lives matter because these brown, beige, and red colored lives are just as important as yours. And so when I scream black lives matter at a rally in protest, if I write it on my t-shirt, if I say it anywhere, you need to know black lives matter because there are residences on this earth that have proven to me that they inevitably do not believe my life matters. So please save me your white tears. Please stop telling me that all lives matter because if they truly did, I wouldn't have to remind you that black lives matter. I truly know that all lives matter, but for some reason, I have to focus on my life because it's never about my life, is it? Not really. It's always about something else. It's kind of like how we're still focusing on this Remy Ma versus Nicki Minaj thing when Flint still doesn't have clean water. Hmm, how'd that make you feel, huh? How? Tweet me, let me know. And if you look at what's happening to black people in conjunction to what's happening to just about everybody else, you'll really see that our lives need to be spotlighted and made out to matter because we already know that all lives matter you don't just wake up on a planet and say hey people who were you know born this type of way they don't matter screw them they don't matter (laughs) no if you think like that then you need to get on a different train but no one wakes up you know not a lot of people i should say at least wake up thinking about that thinking like that you're usually taught Racism is taught, prejudice is taught, hatred is taught, ignorance taught. I don't really think a baby is born caring about your hair texture or your skin pigment. But yeah, the thing is, it's just, we know all lives matter, but black lives matter. Black lives at this point need to be spotlighted and cultivated because when have we ever been cultivated? Cultivated and cared for in this country, in other countries and other just (laughs) universes if you want to get like that (laughs) but uh 
that that brings me to a separate point so back to being the only black person in a hyper white space i should say so my art style has evolved from creating mythical black people that i just want to know to actually expressing myself as a black person expressing my story expressing the stories of others who go just handle anxiety stressors microaggressions if you haven't seen some of my work i uh, i shouted myself out earlier <laughs> my instagram is uh i forget i i only remembered it then because i knew i was gonna say it it's like underscore zero one zero one two one foe one foe um yeah so you can see like my art there but um i should probably create a website and get more serious about this it's all a work in progress y'all but anyways um if you've yet to see my art style i focus on the black individual in a time of so much anxiety and distress and polarization and so i'm starting this series called control freaks which is self-explanatory. I consider myself a control freak, a black individual who desires control over his environment, but he can't have it because of who he is and because I'm not that powerful as just one person to affect environmental racism completely. I can affect environmental racism and gentrification and, and human trafficking and all the other problems we have in this world, but I can't do it alone. And a lot of my last seven months has been me freaking out and having anxiety attacks and panic attacks in the closet alone, trying to come to terms with the fact that I, I can't control everything. I, <laughs> I can control this podcast. That's as far as my control, I feel, can go sometimes. And I have to remind myself sometimes I'm 19. I'm relatively young. But sometimes I just I'm like, you're 27 in your mind. And you're nearing that age or you have to have more things in line i have a lot of accountability for myself right now and i trust myself with that accountability but it's i don't know if you're let me know if you're in these shoes like i said tweet us tweet me if you feel like you want to talk about this but <clears throat> from my shoes you know into your mind i just being 19 and being this type of black artist I stress out a lot about, you know, providing for myself, being able to pay my phone bill, my car, my car note, my, you know, insurance, this, that, and the other, being able to provide for myself, maintaining a social life and being happy, making the right choices, deciding what I want to go to school for, everything. And then on top of that, you know, existing in a racist society, a fascist society, a society where, you know, a man can be elected who is just everybody has their opinions about donald trump but what i will say about donald trump is <sighs> this is the way things were supposed to be <laughs> inevitably the world was going to get to a point where it had to swallow itself to understand how bitter and pungent and taste it is and I feel like when the election happened and we realized the man that is running the country, even though keep in mind, like, don't let anybody scare you into believing that this man has the amount of power that people are making, you know, it seem like he has. He's the president. I get it. He has power, but not that much power. Don't be that scared. It's messed up that we live in a world where it's, you know, it's gotten to a point where it's this bad. But hey, you know, in the 60s, 
people is getting hung people are still getting hung but there's an evolution in there somewhere some of it's good some of it's bad but we have to get to a place where we realize that it's bad and i think we've been realizing for centuries that it's bad and we're finally at a place where it's like okay what where's the line you gonna draw this line am i gonna draw this who gonna draw this line because it's enough i'm tired it's bad and a lot of people say this is not how it was supposed to be but i'm starting to think this is how it was because the millennials that are you know alive now we we had to see that life could get this disgusting and bad for certain people to be able to create a better day a brighter day that sounds really optimistic <laughs> and yeah i like to be optimistic sometimes but i'm also a realist and i have faith in us but at the same time i i realize that we can be some pretty vain and selfish people with like things like Instagram and just social media and we get sucked into these things and so materialistic and it's if you know what I'm talking about then I'm glad thanks for feeling me but I'm not gonna go too deep into that because that's a different episode but what I will get back on to is um control freaking <laughs> that's what I that's what I refer to you know my art style is just freaking f-r-e-a-q-i-n is abbreviation for frequency and it's a longer story because once you see my art style you notice that if you just look deep enough you notice that I recreate frequencies the frequencies that reverberate off of black individuals high frequencies low frequencies sporadic frequencies angry frequencies all kinds because black people have a lot of different emotions and they need to be documented but um Yes, so control freaks, right? There's this, I'm gonna go off into a rant, so get ready, get ready, get ready, because this is about to get artistic and esoteric, so esoteric. There are two schools of thought, and there are two universes in my mind right now. The universes that just, like, impact me, mostly. There is this amorphous blob of a universe lacking of melanin and culture. And that is the universe I decide to reference black people in predominantly white spaces and their seclusion. Okay? But there's a universe, which I don't have a name for yet, where the control freaks dwell. And it's a lot like, you know, the universe we live in on Earth. Primarily, you know, a place where black people exist. But we all freak out. We all have anxiety. We all suffer from depression and just a lot of different things that for some reason the black community don't really acknowledge. If you've grown up in a black family that don't really uh, acknowledge mental illness, you know what I mean? But it's, it's a thing if you didn't know. There are some black families out here that don't really acknowledge mental illness. It's a misconception that, oh, black people, they can't, you know, you ain't depressed, you just sad, boy. Like, you know, I've heard that in my life before, and it's like, nah, uncle. <laughs> black people get sad, too, and they get more than sad. They get depressed. They get, you know, anxious, suicidal, more than that, manic, depressive, all these things. Schizophrenic. In this universe of control freaks, we're all collectively sighing and screaming because we're so anxious 
we suffer from just anxiety attacks and panic attacks and so the frequencies are very high and erratic and just crazy and so if you see some of my pieces they're very like colorful and just crazy line work is everywhere just a lot of different focal points interesting thing is these control freaks don't really know that if they just unified they could control the universe that they're subject to live in that's the really messed up part about it and so it's like I'm recreating my own universe in life right now really but uh, the people in this universe that I recreate and, and express the, the, these stories for they're kind of like haunted I should say by their ancestors and I wouldn't say that I identify as a person who's haunted by their ancestors but I always feel like you know my family they're in my ear <laughs> not like schizophrenia but uh they're just there but they exist as my own voice you know when you think to yourself like ah don't do that you know when you think to yourself sometimes I, I feel like that's my ancestors talking back to me you know and not every might not everybody might not feel like that but that's me a lot of people say you know I'm as charismatic and, and thoughtful as my dad and sometimes I feel myself living and I'm like whoa is this me or you know is this him is this is this this person is this my grandfather is this my aunt is this my grandmother you know actively existing through me just through heredity and how strong that is and if you want to take it to a deeper level, you know, just like spiritually existing, existing, that's the word, existing, they're existing through me. It's a new word. You heard it here first. Black people now have the ability to existing through their predecessors and ancestors. Yes. Yes. We have finally achieved a higher level, y'all. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, you know, in these images, I just try to recreate what it's like to live a life that's so stressful and I try to do that as truthfully and honestly as possible while just being myself and it's very new but uh that's the place I got in my artistic journey and I just wanted to share that with you guys because I know it's a lot of artists out here who have been struggling trying to find their voice artistically and <clears throat> I want to say this and I want to direct this to all my artists and uh, some of my friends, and you know who I'm speaking of, I'm not going to call you out, but y'all know who you are, who's been struggling artistically and you've been, you know, you haven't been able to create as fluidly as you would like or as frequently as you would like. And what I have to say to you is this. Personally, I don't believe in such thing as artistic block, as in creative block, writer's block, any type of block. What it is, is this. I've come to I've come to realize the fact that you have to download information to be able to create something. Think of yourself as a computer almost. You have to download a program to be able to run the program. You have to live life to be able to create from life. I say this all the time. I don't know life without art and I don't know art without this life. If I don't have life, I cannot create art. If I don't have art, I cannot live my life. These are two things that have to exist simultaneously. 
sometimes simultaneously, but sometimes you got to live them separately. Sometimes you got to indulge in your art and sometimes you got to indulge in life. It's a balance. It's all about balance, y'all. So like I said, I don't believe in creative block because you have to go through a period of time which you would refer to as creative block. You have to go through a period of, of time where you only take in information. You have to get out there. You have to live. A lot of people say this too. If you're a writer, go out there and live. Go to a party. Go do something new. Come back with a fresh perspective. That's what being an artist is. If you're an artist, how can you not create from the life that you're actively living right now? You living, ain't you? You're breathing. Your heart's moving, pumping, blood moving, you know, constantly you have to create from that because if you're not alive what are you creating from i wouldn't care to live in a universe where i'm not alive and i can't create from that experience because as long as i've lived i've gathered the fact that this life is an extension of art and whoever created me, whether you believe in Allah, Jesus, white Jesus, black Jesus, yourself, the universe, whatever higher power you believe in, they created you. And that was like the first artist. And so in a sense, we're all artists, even if you don't think your stick figure is as beautiful as this portrait on the wall. You're an artist. You create sentences. You create pitches, tones reverberations frequencies vibrations you create i don't care what you do i i i like to look at things like that that we're all creators a woman said to me last night that i asked her if she had any artwork or if she was an artist while i was at the exhibit and she said no i'm not an artist i can't really draw <laughs> i told her i wasn't 15 until i could draw a real hand and when I was little, I used to beat myself up so bad about it. I was like, you will never be an accomplished artist. You can't even draw hands. And now people look at my artwork and say, you belong in exhibits. And like I said, that's not to toot my own horn because I like to consider myself humble. I don't like that to go to my head, but it means a lot to me that people look at my work and they, they feel strongly. They, they reassure me that what I do is relevant and important and vital to my survival and so I looked at her I said no you know you are whatever you want to be and like I just told y'all you know just living is being artistic you're creating every day you created that peanut butter and jelly sandwich you made earlier today for lunch <laughs> you created that text message that you sent you create but we just have this idea that if you can't do the next Basquiat or Banksy or Shepherd Fairy or Swoon or insert several different artists here. If you can't create like these artists, then you're not an artist. No, that's not true. That's not true. That's, that's not true at all. Till this day, I still don't even feel like I can draw that well. But you will never hear me say that I'm not an artist. I am an expressionist. I am an artist because I create every day. Every day. You wake up in this world and you create something. I don't care what it is. You do that stick figure, that's art. And I will support you as long as you support yourself. Most beautiful stick figure, I will put it on my wall if you want. Email me, at me, say Justin. <laughs> I did this stick figure today, homie, and it's dope. I 
probably won't put it on my wall but i will be really proud of you <laughs> for expressing yourself because that's important but um you know i just i assured the woman that i was speaking to last night i just said you know a lot of people will say you're a lot of things in this life but you choose to believe what you really are my best friend on this earth has one of the most beautiful voices i've ever heard and we had art class together and she would do some of the coolest things and they were just so simple it just made me feel good when i looked at it until this day she doesn't really consider herself an artist not an artist artist you know what i mean because people look at artists and it's like oh you know i'm not artsy so i don't really i can't be an artist nah if you're listening audrey i i think you're like i'm a i'm a out you sorry if you don't want to be outed i'm sorry but uh I look at you and I see an artist. I see a singer. I see a creator. And, you know, that goes for a lot of other people, too. You people who don't see yourself as an artist and, you know, you're getting down on yourself. Don't. Being an artist is just about your relationship with expressing yourself. Everything outside of that does not matter. You think I care if somebody says that my drawings are crap? I'll probably thank them like thank you for having an opinion about something that I created actually that's where I'm at <laughs> but um yeah that's just where I feel I am in my artistry and remembering that art can be a coping mechanism if you're looking for a reason to practice art outside of just expressing yourself it can be cathartic I consider this podcast to be an extension of my artistic abilities I'm talking to you, aren't I? My voice is actively creating frequencies, vibrations, whatever you want to call it, through your speakers at this moment and are actively existing with the hairs against your earlobes. <laughs> that was really detailed, but it's the truth. This is all creating. <coughs> One thing I do want to reference before we get a little bit deeper into the show a lot of people have seen my work. A lot of people haven't seen my work. But the people who have seen my work, they always say, wow, you should go bigger. You should do more. And I agree with that. I really do. But um, I've been taught to not cultivate myself as a black artist, even as a black person. I finally got to a place where I can actively say I love myself. That's a different episode, but because um, that's a whole different topic about black people getting to a place where they can love themselves. It's so hard to love yourself in this world, especially when people are constantly giving you reasons not to. But I can actively say I love myself. I do. And it was the best decision I could ever make for myself, because as soon as I decided to love myself, everything else just fell into place everything my mind my heart the people around me my friendships have been as strong as they have ever been in my life because i chose to love myself and so as a black artist i've been taught though to not cultivate my artistry i say this all the time i have the same oil pastels that my mom got me for christmas when i was in middle school I have not bought new oil pastels. I rarely buy new art supplies. The 
farthest I might go is buy a new sketchbook every once in a while. But I, I don't buy big canvases. I use what I find. Because for some reason, I just always thought, you're not that kind of artist. You're not professional enough to go to a Blick or a Michaels and drop $50 on art supplies. Hell, I can't even afford $50 on art supplies. I'll definitely go to the grocery store before I go to Blick and drop $50. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's important. If, if you're an artist, invest into yourself. I'm learning that. I just learned that over the past couple of weeks. My grandmother, I made a short film as soon as I graduated high school with a really close friend of mine, at Mr. Christopher Lamar. You can finally, you can find him, probably find him everywhere, if not anywhere, um, at Chris Lamar. I added you, brother. Promotions. We out here. Um, Yeah. He, I made a short film with him, and we both did like spoken word poetry and talked about the resurgence of Detroit and ourselves as black artists. And um, I put that on YouTube if you want to watch it. It's called Me, M E, because um, at the time that was me. <laughs> but um, yeah, so. I made that film and for the first time, it's about two years old, my grandma saw it for the first time a month ago. And she said, I was watching this and I thought, who made this? My grandson didn't make this. She didn't say my grandson didn't make this, but she didn't think I made it. She was just watching it on YouTube. She's like, what, this is good. And then she saw me and she's like, oh wait, that's Justin. <laughs> that's my baby. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I was like, yeah. And she's like, what did you do that with? And I was like, my iPhone 5C. And she said, wow. Justin, I thought that was a professional grade camera. And like I said, you guys, I'm not trying to gas myself up. I just have to take into consideration that I do have a talent. I was given a talent. And I'm blessed and grateful for it. But I was given something that I have to, I have to expand on. And so she you know, went on to tell me that you... I just, I look at you and if you had the resources to do what you want, you could go anywhere in this world. Oh, that just means so much to me. And I, I say it back to myself a lot, but to be honest, that goes for everyone. If you put your mind to something, you know, the rest is just action. The rest is just action. I'm gonna, did you hear me? If you put your mind to something, the rest is just action. If you believe it, all you gotta do is believe it. And that's the hardest part. It's just coming to terms with believing that you gonna do this. You gonna work out 20 minutes every day. You gonna sketch 20 minutes a day. You gonna cook for yourself 20 minutes a day. I don't care if it's a bagel and cream cheese. You toast that bagel. But you just have to make up your mind and decide I'm going to do this and I'm going to stay consistent and I'm going to be persistent. Really be persistent. And the rest is just action. Physical, just being physical with it. Carrying it out in your everyday life. That's all that is. That's all that is. And so, when I say all this, I just really think about... What would happen if black artists had the chance and opportunities to expand on their creativity? What would happen? If I had the chance to make Moonlight or a Men in Black 
or whatever. A La La Land, fuck La La Land. A La La Land, whatever else won at the Grammys or whatever this year. If I had the ability, not the ability, because I do. If I had the resources to make a lemonade, okay, I don't have the talent to make a lemonade because I cannot sing that well, but I can sing. I have the ability to sing, but I don't think I can do it that well. Kind of like how a lot of you out there, you don't think you can draw or can draw that well. Don't let that stop you from drawing. And that damn show don't stop me from singing. I will sing. (laughs) Good or not good. I will carry that note to that Erica Badu song. Boy, I got Wi-Fi. See, that note was not killing, but I was not scared to hit that note. And my service is nice at that. Let me know where your iPhone at. Uh, I'm going to stop singing, y'all. But, you know, what would happen? What would really happen if, you know, just black people, black artists especially, just were allowed to have the resources to expand? You know, my grandma really allowed me to think about that. She told me, you know, think about it. If you had the professional-grade cameras and the studio equipment, the the read the money budget all that if you had that think about how far you could go and i'm not trying to make it sound like a charity case like oh people really need to give out to black people no 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 we need to go for it pursue it actually pursue it go for it don't ever let nothing hold you back i could let a lot of things that's happening in my life right now the fact that i am baroque unemployed back in Detroit just drive me to a place where I feel like I can't do anything but I don't I wake up every morning and I tell myself you gotta crawl before you can walk you have to crawl before you can walk you have to crawl before you can walk you have to be low before you can be high you got to be broke before you can grind okay Nobody was born getting it. Okay, I'll take that back. Some people were. Some of, some of us have privileges that other people don't. But the majority of us, we didn't walk out the womb. We didn't. We probably weren't even born crawling. Definitely weren't born crawling. Nobody's born crawling, I don't think. Correct me if I'm wrong. Tweet me. But, uh... <laughs> You gotta crawl first man you gotta take your time if you're listening and you're a black person out there and you're struggling something going on in your life whether it be financially romantically personally whatever remember i don't care what age you are you gotta crawl before you can walk you have to build a foundation a building is nothing without its foundation nothing allow yourself to cultivate yourself so you can grow plants just don't grow out the out the ground they need oxygen they need sunlight they need water they need sustenance same with humans a human just don't sprout out of the ground it comes from another person who has cultivated their body another woman i should say a human a woman that carries you for nine months if not more (laughs) takes care of herself most times and 
gives birth to you so that you can take care of yourself so you can choose to create things in this life whether it be babies music whatever remember that one last thing i want to leave you guys with before i leave there's a couple quotes <coughs> excuse me there's a couple quotes that I've, I've i've just heard recently that just like got me thinking um but mostly the situation that i went through recently <clears throat> came back home recently and visited a friend a old very old friend of mine one of my first muses straight out of high school visited her if you listen to Rebecca hey <laughs> um, visited Rebecca and we were we've always had deep talks about growing up and just becoming the people we were always meant to be when we were young straight out of high school these conversations we would have so who you want to be what do you want to do what's your goal in this life you know what you trying to contribute to the world and so we would talk about these things and then you know I, I went to go and visit her and I told her I, I kind of envied her and her position in life you know I don't live with my mom anymore <laughs> that's just the choice I made I wanted to move away from Vegas and come back home and do my own thing and grow up on my own time struggle a little bit and find this thing that's called life and, you know, she lives with her mom. I don't know if that's out in you too much, Rebecca. Let me know. <laughs> you know, I, th I thought it was, I was like, that's a cool privilege to be able to still, you know, sleep next door to the woman that gave you life. The woman that is the rock in your life. The person who will make things all right if it's not all right, you know? And I find myself missing that. But at the same time, you know, I got to grow. I got to do things on my own. And I always have my mom. But I don't know if you feel me like that whole separation anxiety kind of just a little bit. I'm a mama's boy, I'll admit, but I'm not that type of mama's boy. I just know how to appreciate my mom because she's literally given me everything. 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 <laughs> and so, um, you know, uh, so back to Rebecca, you know, I, I, I just told her, you know, I envy your position that you're able to, you know, still be at home with your mom and figure things out. And yet on the other end of things, you know, she expressed to me that, you know, I look out into all my friends and it just seems like they're maturing so much quicker than me. License, apartments, jobs, schooling, they're evolving so much and I just feel like I'm falling behind. And I said, no, 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 you're not falling behind. You're growing at your own pace. That's what it's about. You got to grow at your own pace. You can't want to live in somebody else's shoes because that takes away from your active life force you know what I mean and I know a lot of people get caught up in that I get caught up in wanting to be as evolved as someone else is but the funny part about that is if you just wait out your turn you'll evolve to the period you're supposed to live in and that's just something that the youth isn't told a lot a lot of my, you know, youthlyhood, if that's a word, I can attribute back to wanting to be somebody else or be older than what I was or be more mature or be more this, but don't want to be more. Be what you are now so you can grow to where you're supposed to be. I don't know if that really makes sense, but that's just how I feel right now. One thing 
that I do uh, want to leave you guys with before we get into some more music is uh, the sentiment. Um, I just got reminded of it <clears throat> around Juneteenth of 2016. On Juneteenth, I should say, on 2016, I went to an event in Detroit, uh, the Juneteenth celebration, uh, and it was ran through Party Noir, and I and a couple close friends went, and I met a poet there who's like the head of the Detroit Poet Society. His name is Sheezy Bobizi. I'm never going to forget that name. And I saw him after he read some poems and I went up to him and I was so inspired and I asked him, you know, I'm, I'm moving away for about a year real soon and I'm kind of worried because there's so much culture here in Detroit. So what I what do I do when I go other places and that culture doesn't exist? I'm, I'm afraid, you know, because this culture is what drives a lot of my artistic, you know, inspiration and just my life. And he said to me, the culture is wherever you go. The culture is wherever you go. And that resonated so deeply with me because it's as to say black people or just people who are deeply rooted in their culture, period, not to make it about race, but people who deeply root themselves in their culture. That culture follows you because it's who you are. It's what you're made of. This culture has made you, cultivated you pushed you to be the person you are today so when you travel in this world that ancestry that heredity the food the music the culture all of it it follows you it's in your bones it's in your dna and i didn't understand it at first when he first told me that in the back of my head i'm like what the hell are you talking about man i don't take all of detroit with me but now i'm starting to think yeah, i really do i do and that's something really important to think about when you feel alone in this world as a black person. You take so many things with you because you carry it in the way you walk, in the way you talk, in the way you articulate yourself, in the way you carry yourself, everything you do can be rooted back to the culture that affected you. I don't know so just think about that <laughs> um thank you guys so much for uh staying tuned in this long i feel like i just went on a really big rant that i i really just wanted to get out because like i said in the past couple of weeks you know i just been learning throughout all these things it's so important to start from a humble beginning and just keep growing crawling before you walk and you know the fact that i'm back in detroit and i'm living with family here and I didn't say this earlier, but I should say it now. The reason why, you know, I say you got to crawl before you walk is because I want so much out of my life. I want to be great and not fame type of great, you know, that vain type of success. I want to be able to look back at my life and say I did something important, something that mattered, something that impacted people like you. And if I'm impacting you right now, thank you so much. <laughs> I'm glad I can do you this service and do myself this service in exchange. But I just want so much out of myself because I know I'm capable of it. I have the capacity to. I'm competent enough to do these things that I set my mind to. And that goes for all of us, really, really. And so when you want so much out of your life, 
you find yourself wanting to do it all so quickly all at once I want to just finish it all before you know I don't have time I'm only 19 years old some people don't even come to the realization at this age that they that's what they want to do and I've just been blessed by my family my friends the people I know and love that they have installed into me this importance of just wanting to live and impact others that live that's all that's all I really want to do and so when you want all that so quickly and you want all of that out of life you find yourself wanting to fly before you can even walk and so when my grandmother told me that you know you gotta crawl before you walk it just brought everything back home for me that you have to start from somewhere you can't just start flying you can't start soaring you gotta start for where you belong in the words Jill Scott live where you live you know be who you are start from where you're meant to start don't think about what's over there no 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 don't look over there don't look over there don't look over there or there or there look at yourself look at yourself and really start thinking about what you're meant to do who you're meant to be and what you're gonna affect in this world when I was um, at that art exhibit last time I'm gonna bring this up because I know y'all are like okay how much are you gonna talk about it it's my podcast I can pretty much talk about whatever I want <laughs> but when I was at the art exhibit one thing really touched me so deeply and I was talking to a woman I think I referenced this earlier I was talking to a woman and she said I don't consider myself an artist Oh, I, said, I, I talked about this already. I just remembered. I'm sorry, y'all. But just to drive it completely home, you know, I will say this. The world is going to make you think some crazy things as you evolve and grow in this life. And you get to choose what you believe about yourself. And it was funny because when she told me that she didn't believe that she was an artist because she lacked illustrative skill... It just made me think, why do we think like this? If you have a, you know, urge to create, you should just be able to be called an artist, not because your skill or how many people like it. It's just because it's your connection. It's your personal relationship with what you create. But I talked about all that earlier. So anyways, thank you guys for tuning in this long. Um, we're definitely about to get into some music. Now, the music I'm going to play, it's it's really good music that's been getting me through just life recently everything everything that I've been faced with I turned to music and I was talking to my sister about that and why music is such a large part of this podcast because music heals music heals I appreciate the sentiment but I'm afraid it's nothing more than a daydream it's so important to remember that that music has so much power and so I incorporate that into the podcast because I want to send you guys messages that I can't always verbally articulate sometimes it's bigger than me it is bigger than me I can I can acknowledge that so we are going to get into some music and I'll be back we'll talk a little bit more before we get out of here so this is not a goodbye, it's just to see you in a minute. <laughs> One artist that I do want to start this music session off with is an artist I referenced earlier, Miss Jessica Caremore. 
such a large inspiration in my life and i hope you guys agree after you hear this beautiful track it's called you want poems featuring roy Ayers and uh wait for it wait for it wait for it jose james <laughs> that's who who's featured on the track and it's very beautiful so i hope you guys agree and i hope you guys enjoy it so sit back and please listen to the musical messages that are laid down between the tracks because they matter. Just like we all do. So sit back and enjoy. And remember, this is what it sounds like to be black with the blues. woman, when you are brown, when you are brave, when you walk over glass like water, when you know your eyes are borrowed like time, when you peel off your skin for the very first time. Fear is never in style in the mecca of the blue. Fear never lives in the gut of the new. You want home. And I just want to build my home. You want homes. And I just want love in my hands. You want homes. And I'm not interested in fans. You love me inside my magic. And I just want you to see you already had it. It is in the telling when someone asks. It is the way he holds the glass, licks the surface, examines without touching. It is the way our energy takes over rooms. It is the subtle conversation. It is the freedom of emancipated language. It is the words scribbled inside my skin. It is the curve of the line, the beauty of the lie. Stories passed down through generations of pain and pride, ocean and tide. Water remembers, water returns. African mermaids blending with dark sand. It is the danger of the dance. The upright part of the bass, the dice roll drum, the cymbal tease, the last laugh, the addiction to this moment. 
Where else do I put it? Don't know where to put it. Place it, bury it deep in my chest, back of my throat. Where should I hide it on this stage? Should I give it to you? Here is my honesty, my work undressed. Legs stretched across piano, traded like cattle, raped like animal, left for dead, sucked dry from inspiration. In love with the idea of living long enough to simply write about it. Push it out my body and watch my son slowly grow into it. You said you want a poem. Now what you gonna do with it? Huh? Etta, Abby, Whitney, Billy, Nina, Phyllis. How much time you got? I'm a body of clocks, I'm the master of mics, I'm the metaphor for survival, I'm the goal that used to build their churches, a beautiful idea to flirt with, but who should I marry? The moonlight, the sunrise, the white dove, the wolf, an eastern wind, this music, a prayer, how many babies we gonna make inside a song? Which revolution, which nation shall we rule? The island of the spirit world, the beauty of the believers, the carpenters, the men who build the dreamer, placed you on the front line of their planet. One day, the stars will line up between breath and ink and voice, between reality and choice.
driver Sit and remain here, hidden away Forgetting the thrill of the chase and finishing races I've only been in this place for a minute and they Vaguely familiar faces ring me and say Listen to Jack, he's really amazing But I ain't thinking he's great, guess I'm bitter, I'm hating After all, you can't argue with the figures this blatant Cause money and musical talent within is the same thing, right? Debating life, wasting time at times, days and nights Trying to gain insight till the fading lights On the road, let the sun light the pavement bright I'd rather stay inside and erase my mind With patience, pages will negate my crimes And replace the lies that you base your pride on It's somewhere oh, your soul light? Is it registered where your wallet or your dough's at? Tell me where your home's at, man do you even know that? Oh, where's your soul at? Is it registered where your wallet or your dough's at? Tell me where your home's at, man. Do you even know that, man? Where's your soul at? Where's your soul at? Take the stand in pursuing an ideal, making it my mission to make time still. Shake the resistance from the right wing Finding solace in a certain type of writing Like minds along the right lines And we're not on a hype team We're just on a fry up and a vibe team Wanna fly away from sight Sing a song of sixpence in a pocket full of rhymes type tribe Try to make the music but a fraction of the mileage we cover Enticed by the silence and the climate of the parallel Escape the spinning of the carousel Clear the peripheral Remain on course for way beyond the windowsill Steer away from the sycophants incapable of independent thinking Floating on the surface while we venture to the depths beyond the fires of the furnace And carry on sinking Oh where's your soul at? Is it registered where your wallet or your dough's at? Tell me where your home's at, man Do you even know that? Oh where's your soul at? Is it registered where your wallet or your dough's at? Tell me where your home's at, man Do you even know that, man? Where's your soul at?
session if I do say so myself you know I kind of curated all those tracks and mixed them together so pops collar I can't believe I just said that pops collar wow uh welcome back <laughs> from the from the music break I'm not gonna lie I, I went and made myself some tea during the music break and it was really uh it's uh what type of tea is this it's yogi brand tea it's peach detox with uh certified organic herbal supplements cinnamon and orange peels and a bunch of good things for the soul so i feel good i feel like my voice is a lot more smooth like i could uh i could sing i don't know anyways before we get out of here i just wanted to let you guys know um just the importance of unity for me right now because what Black So Blues is to me is just, you know, a really great place to connect, commune, grow with other black folks. And so when I, I said earlier, you know, we're collective and, you know, when you look on the outside of that, that seems really broad. And it's like, OK, well, how do I, you know, connect with the collective? I try to promote within this this space all the time, even though I don't really like promoting. I'm growing to do it more and more. You have, you know, our our email, Blacks of Blues Gmail, and there's actively five parts to our team. Myself, um, in the last episode, you heard from a close friend of mine, Avante Corbin, another close friend of mine, and the co-host, co-producer, co-creator of Blacks of Blues, Alyssa Ossesari. My other co-host and co-creator, Audrey Meadows. You got Chris L. There's a concrete five of us right now that's overlooking all the production when it comes to Black Soup Blues. And so when I say, you know, a collective, that's what I, I entail is us four. 
and other people who you know want to be a part of it if you want to be a part of it jump on in that was a movie on disney channel corbin blue kiki palmer for my millennials growing up disney channel do you remember that movie uh jump in with corbin blue he was a boxer (laughs) and he uh his dad forced him to be a boxer but he just wanted to jump rope with kiki palmer that was such a great movie that just goes to show man masculinity is so toxic it's just not needed black boys can jump rope too but in all seriousness i just want to let you guys know you know even though it is a for concrete of us i should say a concrete for of us we all still matter and we all you know we love this project that we are a part of in some way shape or form and so if you need you know if you're a black person who just wants to reach out to us person who's not black person of color whatever you want to reach out to us our gmail our twitter our facebook reach out to us because we do want to be here at least i do i want to be here for you guys if you need to talk so hit us up we are pretty nice actually all of us are really nice one other thing i wanted to reference if i haven't said this uh clearly to you guys yet the past four days have been like let me explain this really quick for y'all and you guys might be able to empathize and this might help you so last four days have been some of the best days of my life ever since you know moving back and like i said in the beginning i have a newfound momentum in my life things are going really great and i just i i woke up one morning and i just decided to put the energy into a situation and once i put that energy into the current situation that i was in i got that energy right back you know what i mean it's all about manifesting the energy you want to receive back and that sounds like, you know, some Buddha yoga talk, but it's it's true. The energy that you manifest is the energy that you inevitably receive. And so things are really great for me. And but great in the sense that I am privileged. <laughs> we always have to acknowledge our privilege. But things are great for me in the sense that I could go in a lot of different directions right now. And to explain that like like i said my job interviews all those went really well i got some callbacks um the podcast that's just going great my relationships are just like really strong and tight right now and so it's it's just a bunch of things like that and uh as of late you know a lot of people have been reaching out to me about my artwork and about this podcast you know thanking me for how inspirational i tend to be through you know my my work and that means the world to me because as an artist it's as a black artist you don't hear how important you are not usually and so the fact that people are actively reaching out to me and telling them telling me that i matter to them that i actively inspire them to be themselves that means a lot to me and so that's been happening over the course of the past four days and in juxtaposition with just life being good um i i have to take into consideration the fact that things will not always be good Remember that things when things cease to be great, when the momentum slows, right? You have to remember that you have to stay persistent. Don't give up just because things go back down. Now, crawling before you walk, that's a that's a vital part to evolving and growing. But sometimes you fall back down on your knees. And the funny part about that is when you are walking and you have the momentum, you fall sometimes. 
but it's important that you know how to crawl when you fall does that make sense i don't know I, i'm basically just saying you're not always going to be high up in the sky soaring and happy there's going to be some low down dirty sad moments too and it's just important to remember that when you're faced with those type of things in this life you have to stay persistent you have to keep in mind that a month from now a week from now days from now even you can be right back up in the sky again feeling good but you have to stay persistent and you have to continue to manifest the positive energy that will inevitably allow you to receive good things in this life like i said earlier happiness is a choice happiness is a choice and once you choose to truly just take advantage of that choice everything else falls into place so one thing i really want to leave you guys with because i feel like this ties together the whole message of crawling before you walk always stay persistent even when you fall always and it's okay to doubt yourself but surround yourself with people that will cultivate you over this the past couple of days, I told some of the most important people in my life, please remember and please re remind me a week from now, a month from now, when things aren't good in my life, please remind me what things were like now and remind me to stay persistent so I can see a brighter day because the clouds, they come out sometimes. It's not always going to be bright and sunny for you, but the funny thing, that's life. It has to be dark sometimes so you can learn from the dark times so you can really shine when you're meant to shine. And it sounds very cliche. <laughs> I used to hate cliches, but now I'm in a position in my life where I swear by cliches. Eat happy, be healthy. No, wait, I don't want to shout out Cheerios. Damn it, I shouted out Cheerios. I'm not supposed to shout out specific things in this podcast if they're not going to pay me. Cheerios, hit me up. Start paying me. I just promoted you, fam. Come on. Y'all have black people in y'all commercials sometimes, so we can go into partnership, right? I guess not. <clears throat> Anyways, that, that's just my last message I want to leave you guys with. All right? Just remember, it's not always going to be bright and sunny. Sometimes you got to start on the ground and work your way up. It's just how it goes. So, uh, that's the episode for today. I'm glad you guys stuck around. It's a cool little two-hour episode. Um, I've shouted us out a lot, but I'm going to go ahead and do it one more again. First off, I want to thank my team behind helping me produce and, and just put together this podcast. I am in the studio alone today, but I feel, you know, the presence of all my supporters with me here today helping me put this podcast episode out so first off i want to thank the woman who very inspirational woman and force in my life who helped me create this idea a year ago Alyssa osaseri you can find her on tumblr instagram and twitter primarily those are her artistic platforms on the interwebs a l y s s a you know sometimes I misspell your last name, so let me look it up really quick just so I don't misspell it, Alyssa. <laughs> I believe it's O-S. I know it start with an O-S, but uh, I gotta find the rest. <laughs> Dang it. Where's your name? I'm freaking out. I'm sorry. I'm 
gonna edit this out. Y'all gonna have to be patient. Just be patient. Why is it so hard to find the name of one of my co-host? Okay, it's O S A S E R E. I don't know why that was so difficult. I usually put two S's in it. That's why. I'm sorry, Alyssa. And uh, furthermore, um, Audrey Meadows. Audrey is on Twitter, but I don't know if she wants you uh, to follow her Twitter. I don't know. You can find literally all of our stuff on our website. That's what I should have did in the beginning. So anyways, Alyssa, Audrey, Avante, because you were really instrumental in our last episode. All of you guys instrumental parts in the podcast right now and it's growing there are more forces that you guys will meet on this podcast to come but i don't want to spoil it for you just yet but we have an amazing series of episodes coming really soon so until then this is what it sounds like to be black with the blues
share.